Okay, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Everybody have a good weekend? Well, tomorrow's Monday, so we're going to forget about the Monday blues today, and we're going to focus on Sunday. We're in the house of the Lord. We're going to worship together. Um, so welcome to you all um, this morning. If you're new with us, we want to welcome you um, to our service. We're going to do worship. We're going to hear a message and just um, enjoy time together. So um, Diane is going to kind of summarize what we went over in prayer today. Um, so if you'll do that. First off, it is a little known secret, so not a good secret, that we have a wonderful prayer time at 915 you just go through this door, back through the kitchen like you're going to make a pizza or whatever and keep going. There's a room back there that we meet because it's about this service. It's about coming together after a week. And what was shared, just a quick summary and pattern I saw, was that, that we are invited as never before into the very presence of God. He's calling us into an intimate place where before we were kind of distanced from him for whatever reason, he's saying, I get that, I get that, I know that, not a surprise to me. He's saying, I'm calling you in. I'm calling you into an intimate time. And there was even something that, that, that we shared about how he's focused on, on each of us alone, an individual, just like a bridegroom. And my favorite picture was David went looking at Callie when she's coming up when she was all duded up in her wedding dress, do you think he really noticed anyone else that time? They were important people. They invited to witness it, but his eyes were on Callie. His eyes were like, ooh, she's about to have my name, and it, there's a oneness coming, and it's precious. And the coolest thing that we all kind of heard was that Jesus is inviting us to say yes. He does not make us ones that just act robotic and say, well, here's love. He says, will you love me? Will you let me love you? And he's already put the yes inside of us. So our natural response is to praise him. And I think that's what we're about to do. If you're able to stand with us, we're going to go ahead and have a time with praise and say, yes, Holy Spirit, yes. Yes to intimacy and tenderness with you. And we praying that the Holy Spirit would speak whispers that each one of us individually needs to hear, whether we realize it or not. He already said yes to you, and he's inviting you to say yes right back to him.
There 
most simple but the most powerful thing.
We just want to say thank you for your overwhelming love, God. That's the reason that we all can have hope is just because of your love. Your love is what drove you to the cross to lay down your life for us. You didn't have to do that, God, but you love us so much that that's what you did. I just thank you so much for the hope that that gives us. We can live every day to our full potential living in our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High King because you love us and you laid everything down for us. We just thank you for your sweet, sweet love and your sweet spirit being here with us this morning. from worship. Thank you to the worship team. Um, We are 
wanting to welcome all the new people that we have with us. I see a few new faces here. Um, welcome to our service. We're going to dismiss our kids in just a little bit. So um, we do have restrooms over out the double doors here if you need to use those. There's also a coffee bar. Um, you can uh, make your own coffee, Keurig, K-Cup, that sort of thing. Um, uh, we'd like you to connect with us. If you'll go to dothancf.com, there's a link there that says I'm new. If you'll click on that and fill out a connection card, we'd love to kind of get some more information um, about you. And um, some things that we have coming up, we have some more summer connections. Um, July 27th, we're all going to go to Waterworld. So if you're interested in um, hanging out with us there, trying to beat this heat near water, um, that's where we'll be July 27th. So um, you can go to DothanCF, go to our website to find out more about that. Um, there are ways that you can give in this house. We have, if you are here in person, we have a little box over here that you can stick a check in if you're um, still writing checks, um, or you can go online. There is a link there that you can uh, give online. So um, I think our kids already dismissed. <laughs> so um, they did. <laughs> uh, maybe I messed that up. But um, so anyway, we're going to transition now. Um, David's going to come. Uh, Dave and Karen are off this week, so they're usually here with us. But um, David is actually going to preach our message this morning. So um, we look forward to that. And um, we'll meet back here in just a few more minutes. Good morning. How is everyone? Good. Good to hear. Oh, it's great being a parent during worship and just juggling kids. Oh, I love it. Um. Yeah, this, this morning, uh, I kind of want to talk briefly about, you know, kind of just what, what I, I've been sensing God saying about the, the near future for us at DCF. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, there's a good chance we may get out a little earlier than we normally do this morning. But that's, that's fine. I'm sure y'all aren't going to argue with me about that. Um, but I want to throw up a picture real quick up on screen. Um, this picture is actually where we're going to be planning our next church. And my wife said, amen. No, we're not actually doing that. I would love to. This is actually Lauterbrunnen, uh, Switzerland. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I, we actually have been there. Um, we, we took a trip to Switzerland before um, uh, we had our, our little girl, kind of our, our last adventure before we went into that adventure. Um, it's was my favorite place we went to on our trip. Um, and I didn't realize it was going to be uh, before before I got there. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily my favorite just because this beautiful view. Uh, if you've ever seen pictures of Switzerland or if you have ever been there, everywhere is a beautiful view when you go to Switzerland. You got the Alps wherever you turn. Uh, but this this place in particular was really special to me, and I'll explain why. Uh, our, our first night getting there, we settled down into our, our place that we were staying, and we decided we were going to go, and we were going to just grab dinner at just a nearby restaurant. So as we were walking on the street, and we were, uh, you know, heading that way, we were passing some shops, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a uh, cardboard cutout, and when I looked at it, it was Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. 
So I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. I thought this was going to be like a comic book shop or something, you know, and I didn't expect to see a comic book shop in uh, Europe. I don't know why I just think that's just an American thing, but uh, it turns out it actually wasn't even a comic book shop. Uh, as I inspected it further, it was actually advertisement for Lauterbrunnen, which I thought was weird. Um, why I thought it's like just Dothan just having a cardboard cutout of just some random movie character advertising Dothan. But as I, as I looked at the uh, setup further, there's a little sheet of paper. And on that sheet of paper, it actually said that J.R.R. Tolkien, who was the author of Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, loved to come to Lauterbrunnen. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And as I read further, uh, not only did he love to come to Lauterbrunnen, why wouldn't he? It's beautiful. Uh, but he was actually, uh, would go there to be inspired. Uh, the, the views that he would see there inspired him in creating the, the world of Middle-earth uh, that, you know, is just where the, the story takes place. And actually, fun fact, uh, Lauterbrunnen, was, that location inspired him when he was creating Rivendell. So any of you that know that story, it's, it's a place where uh, the city is, and it sits in a valley around some mountains, and there's waterfalls and everything. And, uh, yeah, so the fanboy in me just started to go berserk when I, when I read that. I was like, I did not expect to, to go to a place, you know, that, that was, um, you know, just inspired by my favorite author about my favorite story. You know, I was super excited, and it became my favorite, favorite part of the trip. Um, and I, I just love this picture because... It's beautiful. It just inspires this sense of adventure, you know, when you, when you look at it. And, and that's kind of what I want to uh, talk about this morning, uh, an invitation to adventure. Um, when, we, when we have our, our elders and deacons meeting, they all, we all start them the exact same way. We'll, we'll start by praying, and then we'll go around and we'll ask, you know, what, what has God been, been saying to you? Has he given you a word? Has he been giving you a picture, some, some kind of maybe a uh, vision or direction that, that you're, you're hearing from God about, about the church. Um, and this, this previous uh, elders deacons meeting, I could not, like, not, not the whole time, but like, you know, I could not get uh, the Lord of the Rings out of my head. Um, I wasn't just like goofing off or anything. I was like, I just wasn't paying attention to the meeting or anything. For some reason, the back of my mind, it just kept popping up. Um, and so, so when Dave's like, you know, do you have anything? I, I was like, I've got something. I know there's something there. I, I, I just felt like it just really wasn't developed. Uh, and so I was like, yeah, I, I'm sensing something. I just don't really, it's, it's not really quite there yet, <laughs> which I was kind of nervous about saying because I feel like that's kind of a, a cop-out, you know. I feel like I'm going to the teacher and saying, my dog ate my homework. I'm sorry, you know. But, I mean, no, Dave, Dave and Karen, just the leadership team are, are super gracious. They understood. Uh, because God just sometimes, he doesn't just throw it all at you at once, you know. He, he'll give you little, little bits here, and as, as it goes, he'll give you a little bit more until it becomes this bigger picture. And sometimes that picture will complement what someone else is saying. But I, I actually heard uh, two things from God during that meeting, and he gave me a, a picture. I want to talk about the, the two things real quick uh, of what I heard. I heard um, an invitation to adventure. Actually, during the deacons' meeting, one of the things that was, was shared, I believe it was Karen, if I'm not mistaken, 
shared, uh, this, this next, I feel like this next season we're walking into is an invitation to intimacy. And right when I heard that, I also, I also heard God say, yeah, it's also an invitation to adventure. And what I love about how those two marry up so well is when you really think about it, if you think about an adventure, you think about, you know, your favorite story, your book, um, where there's just an adventure involved. Adventure uh, implies, you know, there's, there's going to be some level of, of difficulty, you know. Uh, it, it's not just, you know, just this easy flowing thing. And when people go through some hard times together, they go through some struggles together, uh, there, there's a level of, of intimacy that they, they grow into. They get to know each other a little bit more. So I love how these two words kind of marry up to one another. Um, the other thing I heard was choose your weapon. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later uh, this morning. But the picture that I, I got um, was of the Fellowship of the Ring. And it's, it's just a silhouette. I just threw up a silhouette this morning. Um, this is the picture of the Fellowship of the Ring. I got this picture in my, high, my mind right when he said, no, this is also an invitation to adventure. Uh, and if you've seen the movies, you know when the, they start their journey, everything, that, that big orchestra, thematic kind of music starts playing, that was going off. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. I have no idea what it means, but it's awesome, you know. And if, you don't, if you're not familiar with, with the Lord of the Rings, uh, you're not into that world or whatever, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to be referencing that a, a little bit this morning, so you just have to bear with me. I'll kind of give you a really brief overview. That way you kind of get some kind of context around the story. But this world called Middle-earth, just think of it as another world, uh, evil is represented by this, this entity called Sauron. And he creates this ring which he pours his power into. So essentially he becomes invulnerable as long as the ring is not destroyed. The good guys find it and they decide, hey, the best plan we can think of is to take this thing and destroy it. But the only way we can destroy it is there's a volcano behind enemy lines. We're going to go and we're going to throw it into and destroy it. It took about 20 seconds, but the story actually takes apparently nine hours to explain over three different films. Um, But it's a really, really great story. My wife is not one to sit down for for long movies. I can just sit down and if it's a good movie, I don't care how long it is. But I'll, I'll go back and break down uh, this, this picture uh, a little bit later. I want to talk about our invitation to adventure this morning and where, where we can find that. Uh, we can actually see this in Scripture coming out of Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, this is probably well known to many of you this morning. Uh, this is the Great Commission. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I'm going to take a really brief second. Have a drink. Sorry, my mouth's a little dry this morning. But... This, this is the Great Commission. This is the commandment that Jesus gave before he ascended into heaven. Even in this command, there's, there's an invitation to adventure for us this morning. I, I want to break down the two things that this, this scripture is saying, the, the commandment that's given. Uh, the, the first one is go and make disciples and baptize them. Uh, the second one is teach them 
to obey all the things that Jesus has commanded us to do. Now, the first, first one, go and make disciples, obviously that's, that's talking about evangelism. And I feel like, if, if we're honest, every one of us in here at some point, at one point or another, has had a very particular view about evangelism. Um, it it kind of makes us, if we're, if we're honest, we're not really public speakers. I'll, I'm honest, I'm not, I'm not that big into public speaking. Um, we kind of cringe when we think about evangelism because usually we have one of two pictures that, that pop up into our mind when we think about evangelism. Uh, the first one is going to be the next couple slides. Are we frozen? I hope not. Okay, there it is. All right, so this picture is a gentleman in the street. He has a microphone. Obviously, it's probably hooked up to a bullhorn. And he has a sign uh, showing a scripture. It looks like it's 1 John 1-7. And he looks like he's got the, the last half of that verse. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He went King James with that, so he was serious. You know, he was, he was speaking, speaking fire that morning. Uh, but street evangelism, you know, that, that's one of the pictures that popped in my mind. We have to be publicly speaking on the corners and just, just preaching God. Um, you know, that, that's, like I said, I'm not a public speaker. I know I'm up here this morning, uh, but I kind of know most of you somewhat already. If I just walked into a room full of strangers, I probably wouldn't be up here, you know? Um, but, but the thing about, about public speaking, in most polls, that's the number one fear of most people, uh, ahead of death, um, which is kind of ironic, you know? If you're at a funeral, you would rather be in the casket than the one giving the eulogy. So um, it, it's, it's just a universal fear, fear it seems like. Um, the next picture that usually pops into our minds would be this. This would be a plane traveling overseas. So overseas missions. That's, that's the other thing that pops into our minds. I don't know why it's always Africa. But usually everyone is like, I guess I'm going to Africa now at some point. You know, i got to preach the gospel to, you know, uh, the Congo. I'm going to be in the middle of the Congo. Um, now, I want to point out, both pictures aren't wrong. I, I don't want you to, to feel like, like this is, that's not what this is. It is. But if we, if we limit ourselves to just seeing that that's the only two options and making a blanket for everyone... We're really missing out on, on what this this uh, command to go and make disciples is all about, and actually, a, a lot of um, you know Bible scholars are actually saying that a more better interpretation of this scripture would be as you go, make disciples. I know Dave's Dave's taught that. I, I think a lot of speakers have come up from the front and taught that uh, before. But as you go, make disciples, meaning that you know. We're, we're, not, we're not all called to necessarily go off into the mission field. Uh, our mission field is, is here. You know, it's, it's in our, our jobs. It's, it's with our families and friends in our neighborhoods. It's wherever our spheres of influence are. Uh, that, that's our mission field. Um, so I want to I go back to the picture of uh, the fellowship real quick. Because God really kind of used this to really explain something. Uh, regarding just just this this great commission that we're on, 
so I kind of want to I want to explain what we're looking at here. Um, this this is the fellowship the the guys that are going to destroy the ring. Now uh, it's made up of a wizard. Uh, it's a guy in the front with a staff. You know, obviously he's going to be coming in handy, especially when you're going behind enemy lines. You know, fighting oftentimes outnumbered. Uh, you got two men there. They're the guys in the back, not the little fellow in front of the pony, but the guy in front of him and the guy at the end. Obviously, they're warriors. They can handle themselves pretty well. Uh, you also got an elf. Uh, that would be the gentleman with the bow and arrow there. Elves are kind of, think of them as models who are also assassins. For some reason, they're, they're always good-looking in the films. I don't know why. Um, everyone kind of hates the elves just because they're good at everything. I don't know. Um, also have a dwarf there, the guy with the axe on his back. Uh, not not the, the biggest in, in the group as well. Actually, if you look at him, he's actually average height. If you average everyone's height, he's the average height of the fellowship there. Uh, but he's probably, you know, probably the strongest one there as well. So he's a great warrior, good one to have. So pretty much we're, we're looking good. We're looking good as far as the team to go and do this mission, this deadly mission. Uh, the last four, you got four hobbits. Um, they're the shortest ones there. They're literally like the size of kids. Um, so if you really look at that picture, why on earth would you send four essentially people the size of kids who they're, they're, not, they're not warriors by any means. They're not uh, skilled in any kind of magic. They're just there. But the thing I love about this story is that every one of the members of the fellowship played a vital role in the story. And if you took any one of those characters out of the story, the mission would have failed. Even the hobbits. At some point or another, they came in clutch, and they, they totally, you know, they came through for the, for the team. You know, there, there's a point in the story where uh, they're faced against this, this massive beast, and, you know, it was up to the wizard to take him on. He didn't turn to one of the hobbits and say, all right, you're up. You know, you, you go face this thing. No. They each, they each brought uh, their own skill sets to the team. They each had a vital role that they played. Um, and that, that, that's a perfect picture of the church, in my opinion, because if you look at Ephesians, um, oh, excuse me, I want to, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, there is one body, but it has many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. So if we look at this, this team, it's just like the body. You know, if you, if you look at your own body, you know, we, we, we always talk about this scripture in Corinthians where it talks about, oh, I wish I was an eye because it's so cool, I can see things, but I'm a foot, you know. What good is a foot? Well, a foot has many good things. You know what a foot is good for? Kicking people in the butt. And that's what some people need sometimes, you know. So be, be a foot, you know. Be proud to be a foot. Um, so so in, also in this, this picture, I want to point out, one thing, and you may not be able to tell right off the bat, but everyone in this picture is is armed. Um, I know you can see kind of the weapons that the the big folk are carrying, but the hobbits are armed as well, and I think that that's significant because even though they weren't asked to be the best warriors on the team, they that they weren't invited because of their skill set as warriors, uh, but they were still armed, and I think that that implies you know in the thick of things. They were expected to at least handle their own. Uh, they, they couldn't be, you know, the others couldn't be relied on all the time to be protecting them. They had their own problems they were having to face in the mix of things. 
And that's the same thing uh, that, that, that applies to us when it comes to evangelism. Uh, because in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, it says, And he, gave, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, this scripture does not apply to everyone in the body. Not everyone is, is going to fit in these roles. And as you see, one of those roles was evangelists, all right? Um, but I want to make something perfectly clear. Just like the hobbits, they weren't great warriors, but they were still called to defend themselves. Not everyone's called to be an evangelist, but we're all called to evangelize. Does that make sense? We're, we're all called, when the, when the moment arises, when the opportunity presents itself with our spheres of influence, whether it's, it's with a coworker, a family member, um, you know, just someone that, that God has put in our, our life. And the Holy Spirit gives that urging, you know, it's time to step up. We're all called to step up when that moment arises. So we're, we're, not, we're not all, you know, called to be evangelists. So uh, I want to make that, that, that clear. But that doesn't give us the, uh, I guess, the excuse to not evangelize. All right. So with this... Uh, invitation to adventure, there's, there's five things I want to kind of explain slash make sure we remember. Um, and those, those five things are the journey is, is not going to be smooth. Um, number two, remember who the enemy is. Number three, remember our mission. Four, we don't fight alone. And five, we have been well equipped for our task. I'm going to go through each one of those real quick. Before, let me get some more. It's quiet. All right. All right, the journey won't be smooth. Um, obviously, the, the definition of an adventure implies danger and, and some kind of hardship. Um, if there is no hardship or no, no danger, if the fellowship just took the ring from point A to point B, and that's all they had to do. There was no one stopping them. That's not an epic adventure. That's an epic errand. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not anything to really go, wow, you know. Um, so our, our journey is not going to be smooth. This adventure is not going to be smooth. And even Scripture shows that to us. Uh, Paul in Second Timothy, uh, this is chapter 3, he says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's very descriptive. Um, and if I'm honest, if we look at the world we're in right now, that, that seems like exactly where we're at. Um, this, this is hostile territory that we're in. It, it's, it's going to be rough. And Paul later, later talks about, um, you however know all of my teaching, my ways of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I have endured. He later says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, will be persecuted. Paul's kind of a downer here, you know. <laughs> he, 
he's saying gets, expect some things to go wrong. Uh, guess what? There, there's an enemy out there. And he wants to hurt you, you know, and he, he's going to do everything he can in his power to, to make you stumble. Uh, but I love where, where Paul says this. I'm going to back up a little bit. He says, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. It's an encouraging just little, little statement there that despite when things go wrong, guess what? God's still with us. The next two things I want to want to hit is remembering who our enemy is and remembering our mission. Ephesians six twelve for the for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I think we often uh, forget that. I think we oftentimes allow our circumstances to kind of dictate who we're angry with or who we're directing our, our fight towards. If I'm honest, I've, I've been guilty of being angry with, with people um, and being angry at them rather than the sin that, that's in them. And that's not saying, you know, like, just let people walk over you or anything. I, I'm talking simply about uh, being distracted and allowing the enemy to distract me by focusing on, on them rather than uh, the sin as, as being my source of frustration. Um, and like, I, like I said, uh, we, we have an enemy who is, is good at, that, at making the distractions, at, at sidetracking us. And it's important that we remember that, that mission that we're called to. Like I said, the, the two things that we're, we're called to do, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them everything that Jesus told us to do. It, it's important that we remember that, uh, not only for ourselves, but it's important that we, we remind others because, you know, this journey isn't guaranteed to be smooth, and we'll get sidetracked, and it's we need that, hey, remember what you're doing. I know oftentimes um, in, in my job as a firefighter, uh, we're, we're taught, you know, remember the fundamentals, train on everything and make it muscle memory. Um, because when things go wrong, that's essentially what you're going to rely on, muscle memory. Um, if, you, if you allow the environment around you to um, overwhelm your mind, to overwhelm your senses, uh, then you stand a good chance of getting hurt in that environment. It's always, it's always good to, to fall back on that training that you have. So it's always good for us to fall back on, hey, what, what are we doing? What, what's our mission? Does that make sense? And then the last two things, um, we don't fight alone, and we have been well equipped for the task. Even Jesus, at the end of the Great Commission, you know, he said uh, that he would be with us always, even to the ends of the earth. But even during his ministry, when he sent out the disciples, um, he sent them out in pairs. In Mark 6, 7, he called his disciples together, 
gave them authority and charged them to go out into the towns, casting out unclean spirits, healing all diseases and sickness that they came upon, and calling the people to repent. You know, we weren't, we weren't designed to do this mission alone. Uh, we weren't designed to be alone. Even from the very beginning when God created man, uh, he looked at Adam and said, that's not, that's not good enough. I need, to, I need to fix that. So, you know, he, he gave us, uh, you know, Eve, or gave Adam Eve. Uh, because it wasn't good for us to be alone. We're not designed to fight alone. Because um, sometimes, you know, the fighting gets really rough. Uh, we have an enemy out there, as I said, who will use whatever tactic he can uh, to, to take us out of the fight. And he's been doing it for a long time, and he's really, really good at it. Uh, he'll, he'll work his way into any wedge he can. Um, you know, if I'm honest, there's, there's times where, you know, I, I've been hit hard, and I, I can't give much. Um, you know, I, I give what I can, and it's really not that much. And there's times where someone beside me gets hit hard, and they can't give much either. Um, you know, when, it, when it's happened to me, other people have graciously covered down and, and stepped in for me where they knew that I, I just couldn't. And I've, I've done the same for others as well. Um, and that's, that's when the enemy, when, when, he, when we get hit hard, that's when he wants to come in and try to break through the line. But the beauty of, of fighting together and covering down on one another is, is we fill in the gaps. Um, I love how last week Diane talked about not letting our, our output being bigger than our, our input. I think that's, that's important to remember, uh, especially when, when we're, we're fighting this, this good fight, um, because it's very easy to do that. It's very easy to, to want to, to commit and give everything you got, but if you're not careful, if you're not, if you're not allowing God to, to minister into you, and you're you're just pouring pouring out more than you're receiving. Uh, the enemy can also use that to take you out. It's easy to get burnt out um, if you're not not careful with it. Um, but again, the the beautiful thing about uh, you know just fighting together, it allows those that are burnt out to kind of kind of step back and recoup. Um, And that happens um, sometimes. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, sorry, I'm not using this to stall. I'm just really thirsty. The other thing I want to talk about is we have been well equipped for this mission, for the task we've been given. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We, we have the word of God as an anchor for us. You know, when the enemy wants to come in, he wants to deceive, he wants to, to twist. Um, he wants to just uh, say that what, what's evil is actually good. Um, that's happening a lot now in our culture, uh, where, where, you know, just what we see clearly in Scripture 
as, as wrong. Society um, is being corrupted and saying, no, that's actually right, and you're, you know, you're being you know, cruel if you're not wanting to be compassionate because you know, of this, what we would call sin. Um, but thank God you know, we have this scripture that, that's the foundation for us. You know? it, it's the thing that, it's the fact. That, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's fact. Uh, no matter how you slice it, you can't, you can't change fact. You can try to change fact, and you can, well, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't change the fact. And this, this word of God that we have is, is absolute fact, and we can rely on that. It also is called uh, the double-edged sword that is, um, or it's, it's alive, and it's sharper than a double-edged sword. Um, it's, it's what Jesus used to rebuke Satan when he was tempted in, in the desert. You know, he, he quoted scripture back to him. Um, so we, we have this, this tool at our disposal, but we also have other tools in which I want to go back into that, that second thing I heard from God during that meeting where he said, choose your weapons or choose your weapon. These are just a small sample of the weapons that, that we have at our disposal. Um, these, these come uh, out of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, uh, where it talks about just all the spiritual gifts. I'll just give you some examples from what we have up here, words of knowledge. Um, simply can just be speaking into a complete stranger, uh, stranger's life, or it could be someone that you know's life. You're speaking into a situation that they're going through that you probably have no idea whatsoever. You're just hearing something from God, something that God's wanting to share with them. Um, can I, can I tell you, I, I've seen that in person. I've seen what it can do to, to someone. I've been on the receiving end uh, of that myself, where, where someone has just, just spoken in, into a situation that they knew nothing about and what that did, did for me. Um, one, it, it encouraged me. It reminded me, oh, we have a God who cares about me, one. Uh, we also reminded me, hey, I don't have to go through this alone. You know, I, I, can, I can have my brother or sister come in with me and, and help me with this. Words, uh, we got, I did words and knowledge. Prophecy. Uh, sim- simply put, uh, prophecy could be just having a picture or having, having a word or just uh, something that God, God gives you to share to someone else. This entire message this morning is based off of, of a word or a picture that, that, that God gave to me. Um, and it's just, it's just simply sharing God's heart either for an individual or a situation. And it could be a situation that's in the future. Um, we got tongues and interpretation. Uh, we, we've had many, many tongues in this house. I, I love it when it happens because, ironically, um, people that, that, that we've invited to come whose background has never been anywhere near tongues uh, will, will come. And then, then God just decides, yep, we're going to do tongues this morning. Uh, it can, let me tell you, I grew up Baptist. We did not do tongues in my church. So when I came here, it was certainly uh, eye-opening. I'll, I'll give you that. But when it's done well, um, it's just, it's incredible. Um, tongues essentially is just, you know, giving a message that God is, is giving you, and you're giving it through a tongue that you have no understanding of. Sometimes that can be uh, a practical, you know, actual language, uh, earthly language that, that you don't know. 
Uh, we've had examples of that. I think I can't remember if it was Karen who uh, started giving a tongue, and we had someone from uh, Bosnia who was a missionary to Bosnia. So actually, what you were just saying was Bosnian, and he gave the interpretation. Sometimes it's it's not an earthly tongue. Sometimes uh, uh, Paul talks about uh, tongues tongues of angels. So there's there's this heavenly language that the God will sometimes use uh, to just to administer a message that it just it just breaks the room. You know what I mean? It just really speaks to the heart of what's going on. And uh, thank God we have interpretation. Um, Paul obviously says, you know, don't give a tongue. Uh, without an interpretation, or if there's an interpretation, make sure, or there's a tongue, make sure there's someone there to give the interpretation. Um, so that that also is, is a, a weapon we have, the interpretation. Um, and I, I love how <laughs> Dave Dave Hale has told a story a couple times where he was uh, he was in a meeting and there was a tongue given. He was like, "All right, Lord, uh, let's see who's given this interpretation." He's waiting around, he's waiting around. No one's saying anything. He's like, God's like, it's you, buddy. He was like, ah, all right. You know, uh, he, you know, every one of us has has uh, certain spiritual gifts that maybe we're not necessarily strong in, but we always have to be open to be used by God, no matter what. It's always good to have that that heart that says yes, no matter what. You know, even if it's speaking in front of people, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but we uh, we have uh, healing as well. Uh, there's countless stories in this house of testimonies of, of God's goodness, God's healing. Um, you know, there, there's there's people who who have shared up from the front. God has healed me from this this cancer, or my knee that was was bothering me is no longer bothering me. There are are healings yet to come in this house. I believe it thoroughly. Um, you know, so these are just some of, some of the examples that, that of the weapons that we have uh, here available to us to fight with. Um, I want to I want to share one more scripture as we're we're wrapping up, and it's it's a scripture that I really think just ties uh, the point of. Um, you know, that we don't fight alone and that we've been well-equipped. It just marries those two points really well, I think. Um, it's John fourteen twenty six, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you all that I have said to you. God is always with us. Don't get me wrong. I, I love being able to fight along, alongside of y'all. I, I really do. Um, many of you have, have helped me through some, some tough times. Um, but there's something about just, just the, the fact that my father is not going to leave me, regardless of situation, regardless of what my circumstances are. Um, they don't define who my God is. You know, my God defines my circumstances. You know, it's not, it's not vice versa there where, where our, God, our God is limited by those circumstances. He's always there. He's there uh, to help us. He's there uh, to be our source of strength. He is there to guide us. He is, as Scripture says, our, our strong tower that we get to run to when times are tough. So uh, w- would you stand with me this morning as we close out? Um,
Yeah, as, as we go into this next season uh, of adventure, I, I think God is going to do some, some really fun things in this house. I think he's going to open up opportunities, uh, not only during our, our worship, our, our message, our times together, he's going to open up opportunities for us uh, in our individual lives to, uh, to join this adventure. Um, if you're, if you're uh, a little bit unfamiliar with some of the weapons that we, we've talked about this morning, uh, if you have little, little to no experience with them, uh, there's a great opportunity coming up because we are going to have community groups coming up. And we're going to do things a little bit differently uh, than we've done in the past. We're actually going to, uh, the entire church is going to be going through one curriculum together. We're going to ha- offer it on three separate nights just because we know people's schedules uh, won't always allow to be consistent, you know. Um, but the, the message that we're going to be going through breaks down a lot of these different, different areas, these words of knowledge, prophecy, tongues and interpretations, healings. A lot of these things are going to be going, uh, we're going to be going into detail um, over. It's actually from Northland's Greg Haswell. If you haven't heard Greg speak, um, once you get past the funny accent, he's a really good guy. You know, he's, he's really um, well-spoken. He's knowledgeable. I mean, he's just amazing. And he breaks each one of these uh, areas down so well and makes it practical. Callie's actually gone through this before. And she, like myself, comes from a background that was not introduced to this, or at least knew of it, but not experienced it practically. But Craig does a really good job of, of breaking things down and making it practical. So I, I would encourage you, take, take the opportunity when these uh, community groups open up. We're going to be opening them up, I think, in about a month. Um, yeah, sign up. Well worth it. Uh, because uh, this this adventure, uh, you're going to need some weapons, and these are definitely some some weapons that you can use. So, Father God, we just thank you, thank you for uh, just your your grace this morning, your your invitation to allow us to come alongside you and work. Thank you that thank you for doing the heavy lifting uh, in this this adventure that we're we're called into, God. Um, Thank you for never, never leaving, leaving us. Thank you for equipping us well for it, God. This week, I just pray that uh, you will just begin to, to kind of reveal to each one of us, you know, what our part looks like uh, in this adventure, what we're called to do. Um, and God, I just, I just pray that we will, we will just say yes to it. I pray that we'll just have a heart to say yes to it, even before you kind of reveal what that part is, God. We love you and we thank you. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you for, for joining us this week. Um, I hope to see you back next week. Um, just be blessed. Have a great weekend.